All right, so I've been thinking like because we are in this last month of December, like what are you guys' thoughts on Christmas? Are you meeting with friends and family? Are you not meeting with friends and family? What does that look like? Are you really following the guidelines of COVID-19? Um, anyway, but I am just loving Christmas movies. Y'all, Christmas movies are my jam. I think we start watching Christmas movies in our household probably the first week of November, like the first one that getting released we watch whether we like Christmas movies or not or whether we're a fan of that particular Christmas movie um, especially like on Disney plus they released some way early on and so I think that's where we kind of kicked in the whole Christmas movie watching that kind of thing um, what are you guys's favorite traditions you know do you have Christmas traditions that you grew up on or that you started with your family um, with your kids or spouse or whatever that is I can think back um, since me and my beefcake have been married for over 17 years and we have three boys and we started establishing our own, Christmas traditions within our kids. And we're like dead center on some of these traditions. So like, yes, we watch the Christmas movies and within our Christmas movie selection, like, yes, we have selections. Like for sure, we're going to watch Elf. That's like a no brainer. Um, the Christmas story, you know, you'll shoot your eye out kind of thing. Um, we also love watching, oh gosh, what is the name of that movie? Uh, it's with uh, Chevy Chase in it. I can't even remember, but that movie is hysterical. And we also love to watch uh, A Christmas Carol. That's one of my favorites. A newly favorite one is The Nutcracker. And then also uh, my husband loves the one for Christmases. We love watching that one. Oh, and then he also loves Family Man. So for sure, those are like second to none. We always watch at least five to ten of ones that are like a tradition every year in our home. Um, and then we love Christmas music. So I love having the house filled with Christmas music like Pretty much like the day after Thanksgiving, I turn it on everywhere in the house, in the car. I even rotate my kids' Christmas movies in our vehicle, um, that kind of thing. And then we love looking at Christmas lights, like going around to see who has the best Christmas lights in the best neighborhoods, that whole kind of thing. Like, And our neighborhood honestly really hasn't got into this until this year. I don't know if it was pandemic mode or what, but our neighborhood has gone all out out and it is quite the show to watch to see how many giant inflatables and yards are lit up um, in this house y'all I'm totally this is so random <laughs> but I totally just looked out the window <laughs> and my I don't know who this is it's like some neighbor on my street I had a little kid's um, Christmas tree so speaking of family traditions like we always have a 
real tree for us and a real tree for the kids. And then the kids real tree is decorated with all these like ornaments from the time they were like two and three years old and preschool up with these ornaments. And so their little tree like died like really probably two weeks ago, but I've been keeping it. And so it's like really hard or whatever, but I put it in the trash this morning because they're the trash is coming and took all those ornaments off. And I literally just looked out my window as this podcast is going and my neighbor has picked it up out of my trash and is taking it somewhere hysterical. Anyway, so we have quite the family um, traditions with Christmas lights and Christmas festivities. We do a Christmas Eve box for our kids where they get little happies and goodies on Christmas Eve and they wear Christmas pajamas, new Christmas pajamas and all this kind of stuff. And then we pile in the car with uh, hot chocolate and Christmas lights. And then we have this thing called Creepy Santa. Yeah, Creepy Santa is a real thing, y'all. And Creepy Santa lives in our neighborhood. Attached beside it is a giant nutcracker. And we call it Creepy Santa because it is so life-size and life-looking that that's hence how it got its name. And so, yeah, we have to look at Creepy Santa. And if you have become like pretty good friends of ours at some point over the last five years, you've heard us talk about Creepy Santa and you may have even been privileged enough to go with us on the journey to actually meet and see Creepy Santa in person or yourself. Um, so yeah, <laughs> anyway, um, so those are just some fun things that we like to do for Christmas and I've got to come clean with this y'all, but I was actually one who started doing the elf on the shelf and yes, we still keep it going because our youngest is five, but the elves have really like died to be honest. Like our elves, we've had so many elves and it's the same elves, but their heads and faces have been super glued, not super glued, hot glued together and they have holes in them and we have all the elf pets. So our elves names are Skippy and Oscar and elf pets are Firework, Bernard, Arctic, and I think there may be one more. Anyway, so we do not do the thing every day where the elves come to life and lose their magic if you touch them. We have not done it um, this year except for maybe one day. Usually the elves come out December 1st and we kick it off with the North Pole breakfast, but it has like after that this year it's gone down i'm like i'm done with this elf stuff like <laughs> i'm just done with it it is literally trying to come up with so many different things and my older two seem to really be over it they're like mom like what like yeah they're not into it but um we have put away the elves they've made their ways to the christmas bins and the garage and my youngest found them the other day and basically was like how did the elves get in here? What are they doing in here? And I was basically like, they're done. Like, we don't know if we're, they're coming back, but it is what it is. You know, they've lost their magic and retired for good, but thank goodness they're still Santa and he will be coming some point in time. And our kids, yeah, like they are the kids. So if you're listening to this, you probably don't want to listen to this around your kids if you're like a Santa believer. And we are a Santa believer, but we did end up telling our kids at certain ages that Santa was not real, like he was a real man. 
in, but you know, like he's not coming down the chimney, that kind of thing. So I hope that doesn't offend any of you Santa believers, but you know, the truth will set us all free. But (laughs) anyway, like we went on with it for years and years and our youngest, he has come to find out through his older brothers, the truth of that. But at the same time, I tell him, if you believe, then he will still bring stuff, which he does. So we still kind of keep that going with our youngest, Jagger Woods, um, even though he knows he knows he knows. Uh, but anyway, so I hope you're ready to hear today's podcast app episode. I'm so excited for you guys to have some Christmas cheer, listen to your Christmas jams, or get in your Christmas PJs, and let's do this. What's up, everybody? And I want to welcome you to the Straight Talk with Hope podcast. Y'all, I cannot believe that we are in the final month of the year 2020. Y'all, it is December. I am currently actually sitting in my kitchen right now, gazing at a crackling fire and a uh, Christmas tree that literally is my favorite tree. It looks like you picked it up out of a snowy winter wonderland. It's quite magical and stunning. It's one of my favorite trees that we get. It is a live tree and a real tree. Um, and so I love that. They're kind of my thing for the last probably two or three years. We've started getting live trees and even though it makes a hot mess, um, the pine smells amazing. And then it's also a flocked tree. And so I just love looking at it and seeing all the different ornaments and lights. And, you know, I was like, you know, I want to end this year with a couple of thoughts um, and some different things. Like maybe you're out there and you're like, hope I still have Christmas shopping that has yet to be done. Or I'm not even looking forward to Christmas because of COVID and how things are. And we can't gather with friends or family for Christmas parties or whatever that may be. Um, Just this week, I was telling someone, we had a couple over and I was telling her, I was like, you know, my kids, uh, teachers with having three boys and Christmas parties are all like virtual. So parents can't go to the schools to be participating in all the Christmas festivities, which kind of is like a win for me having three kids, but also it kind of make me sad a little that I can't like sit there and watch them experience the fun and the joy and the laughter of a Christmas party. Um, But at the same time, it was like, oh my gosh, this class needs this and this class needs that. And now we have 21 treat Christmas favor bags to make. And this one has to do this and this. And it's week of testing and all of these different things. And I was like, can we just take time to just like slow up a little bit on the Christmas stuff before Christmas really even approaches? But anyway, I uh, decided to kind of gather all my thoughts and looking back from how 2020 began at the first part of this year. And 
where we are in this final month of 2020 with just literally a few days left in the year. If you're kind of like me before, you know, my year ends each month, I start thinking about like what I want 2021 or the following year, you know, whatever year we have been in to, you know, make preparations, have some goals, have some vision. Maybe we didn't see a goal happen that we wanted to happen. So it goes back for the following year, um, you know, towards where we're going. But as I begin to reflect back to all of the different things that have happened in what is happening in the future, I am just still amazed and still thankful for the goodness of God and the love of God and even the mercy of God that he has shown upon me and my family and just different things throughout the year that have stood out to me. And so as I begin to make preparations for 2021 and even a new year, I don't know if you're like me where you kind of sit back and you're asking God like, hey, what are my visions and my goals need to be? Or you've heard people say, especially Christian people say, hey, what's a word God's given you? And usually, you know, I used to honestly be one of those people like, that's kind of corny. Like, you know, why would God give you a word? This was years back. And it wasn't until I actually got serious with my relationship with God, like really he became the forefront of my life where I was like, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do and accomplish? What is it? What's a word that I need to kind of center, if you will, my attention on? And so for the last several years, the Lord has given me these words. And how many of you know that if you're like one of these people where God gives you a word, you're like, really, God, that's my word. Like, I'm not sure about that word. And I don't know if I really agree with you, God, on this word. And why would you give me this word? And <laughs> this actually happened to me within the last three years, y'all. I have the same word for the last three years, and there's been different aspects that I'm going to bring out in today's episode for you that I can't wait to share about. So I'm so glad that you're here today. Maybe if you will sit around your Christmas tree, grab you a cup of peppermint mocha or hot chocolate or whatever it is that you're drinking these days in a Christmas mug. And I hope that this podcast um, brings joy, brings peace, brings restoration even to your heart before we end this year of 2020. All right, welcome back to Straight Talk with Hope podcast where you get an opportunity and I get an opportunity to have these in-depth, straight conversations with you speaking biblical but yet practical truths of God's word. Sometimes they're done through conversations where we have different guests and special guests on um, the show. And then other times it's just me, myself, and I, where I'm giving it to you as well, giving it to myself straight out of God's word. And so I, I was actually um, sitting, actually not sitting, standing at 
my sink early one morning um, before the kids were getting up for school. And I kind of had the same routine, right, where I get up, my alarm clock goes off, I get up, I head to the kitchen. Um, usually I'm trying to like clean out the sink real quick and wash it because I don't really like or prefer stuff in my sink overnight. But this particular night I had an old coffee mug in there. So I was washing it out, getting ready to make my coffee for the morning. And kind of over my sink is like this huge field where we've lived in our current house for over 14 years. So all of our kids have grown up in this house. And as I'm looking over the kitchen sink, making the coffee, I just start looking at um, the field basically. And while I'm looking out in the slurch field, I see the sun was coming up. The grass was glistening from like the morning dew and the frost from the housetops began to slowly melt as the sun was shining its bright rays. And I began like my usual confessions, like over my marriage, over my boys, over me, my health, my day, the dreams and visions God has put in my heart, and even the future, you know, where God is taking me. And as I was standing there just saying these things, reflecting on these things, I heard the phrase in my heart, don't you dare for a moment doubt me. And at first I kind of like got offended with God. I mean, it's like six something in the morning. I'm like, what? Like, where does this come from? God, like, why do you think I doubt you? Like, Lord, you know, you're my Lord. You know, you're my savior. Like, why would you even think for a moment that I doubt you? Like, doubt who you are. Doubt your love for me. Doubt what your word says. Doubt anything that you have done in my life. Like, almost got offended with God. And I began to realize this, and I'm going to talk a little bit more in depth about this a little bit. But, you know, doubt causes us to question. Doubt causes us to question ourselves, causes us to question God, um, his faithfulness, his goodness, his timing. And it can even crush our belief and cripple our faith if we continue to doubt. And then as we takes us to this place of fear and uncertainty because of our doubt. You know, I began to think about this this morning as I was getting ready to do a podcast and I was thinking about a scripture like doubt. And when I think and hear the word doubt, probably like many of you, you've heard of that one Bible character that comes into your mind who is actually labeled as Doubting Thomas, who was a disciple of Jesus, who Jesus knew very well. And he was a close friend and follower of Jesus. And, you know, when Jesus goes to tell his disciples, like, he gathers them all together at a table, which I love because he's gathering them together, but he's gathering them around a place of comfort and faith and food, <laughs> which is probably why I'm thinking now most Christians do this, especially ministers and people in ministry. They gather around food and talk. And anyway, so Jesus is doing this and he's letting his disciples know like, Guys, I'm about to go and die on a cross for you. Forgive everyone that deserves it and doesn't deserve it and show them grace and love and forgiveness and restoration and mercy. 
and all these things, but it's not the end. Like I'm going to come back, you know, and I'm sure there were so many different emotions. Like what the heck is Jesus talking about? Has he lost his mind? Like when, how is this going to happen? What are we going to do? You know, probably even fair to say some of them as they're hearing him speak were having these questions, having these concerns, having these insecurities and doubts themselves. But as this proceeds to take place in Jesus' life where he dies on the cross, he comes back and is resurrected. And the disciples actually witness the resurrection. Like they see him in person and they're so excited because it's this person who has changed their life, who they deeply love and have respect for. But at the same time, Thomas is like MIA. Thomas is like this disciple who loves the Lord, follows the Lord, profess the Lord that he is a good God, but still finds himself in this place where he's probably a little hurt and wounded that Christ has died and doesn't necessarily believe, as scripture says in in really all the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, doesn't believe that Jesus is going to resurrect. And so his disciple friends are like, Thomas, dude, like (laughs) Jesus is resurrected. We've seen him like he is here. It is him and it is better than ever. And you've got to come and see this and be a part of it. Like quit living in your despair and sadness and hurt and unbelief and see for yourself. And Thomas literally finds himself in this place where He has, I guess you could say the best way that the Lord put it to me, because I asked God this question. I said, why did Thomas doubt when he had known you for so long, been around you for so long, had seen the goodness of God, seen signs, wonders, and miracles, seen seen all these things, why Jesus was still on the earth and had these conversations with God where he saw that he was a loving God and a good God and a good father and a great friend and all these kinds of things, but yet he still doubted in his heart. So he had witnessed faith and seen faith beforehand, but was still finding it hard to believe that Jesus had resurrected and had come back literally to the point where he told his disciple friends, like, I will not believe it until I physically see the wounds and put my finger where he was pierced. And he's telling them this, like, I don't believe it. And a lot of times doubt can be subtle in our life. Like we don't even recognize it until it's too late. Or we're the type of person that's like, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I'm a believer. I don't doubt that God loves me. But honestly, I have to tell you, like, In looking back in my own life, even in this year of 2020, where there has been times where I would be lying to you if I said that I did not have doubts. And so when God asked me that question that morning when I was washing uh, my coffee cup and said, don't you dare for a moment doubt me, and I got offended, I was like, Wow, and really did not realize it till later in studying this conversation inwardly that Thomas was having with himself. And then outwardly, he expresses it to the Lord in a conversation with him like, I did doubt you. Like, I had unbelief. I let unbelief come into my life. 
And when I begin to think about that and the story, I begin to think, well, how did Thomas find himself in a state where he did doubt, even though he saw the goodness of God before this situation happened? And the Lord just spoke to me so kindly as he does um, in so many different ways. But as I was kind of thinking about this this morning, even he was like, Hope, it's not that he didn't have faith. Thomas had faith, but we like to paint the picture that, oh, he was just doubting Thomas. He doubted this, he doubted that, he was uncertain of this and that and all these kinds of things. And that led to this and that and fear and all this and those things like doubt does lead to, if not addressed to fear, yes. But at the same time, it's not that he didn't once believe. It's not that he didn't have faith. He had little faith. Even in scripture, it says that Jesus replied to him when he had doubt. He said, oh, ye of little faith, why did thou doubt? Or why did you doubt, you know, in today's terms? Like, what the heck's wrong with you? Why did you doubt me? You had little faith. So began to raise the question, how does someone who once has seen the goodness of God, seen the faithfulness of God, began to doubt that he is good or began to even doubt the promises of God over their life or doubt what the word of God says? And it's it goes back to having little faith, having this mentality of unbelief creep in and it weakens our faith. It doesn't mean that you don't have faith. It doesn't mean that you didn't believe God. You just had little faith because somewhere along the lines during the process of hardships or during the process of a pandemic or during the process of all these things, your faith began to weaken, which caused you to have a little or measure of faith rather than maybe this great obtaining faith that you thought you had. And so I want to address this because there has been times in all of our lives where we have doubted God, whether we want to admit that or not. There has been times even in my own life where I've doubted, does God truly love me? Does God truly believe in me? Does God truly forgive me, you know, because we hear things like, well, God forgives the past. But like I heard this other uh, minister say, well, I know God forgives my past, but what about my present? What about a year ago? What about five years ago? You know, and it's still past, but whatever you're facing today, does God still forgive? And we have these doubts and we try to tell ourselves like, we don't have these doubts. Like I'm a, I'm a faith person and, and, you know, I don't doubt, but Truth be told is that in the back of our minds, there is always a portion of ourselves where maybe we have had little faith or maybe our faith has weakened and caused us to doubt and ask ourselves, does God really believe in me? Does God really want his best for me? Because why would I be facing this or going through this or didn't know about this or whatever it may be? And so As we address the subject of doubts, we also have to address the subject of faith and the subject of belief because they're all tied together. And I want to close this kind of, if you will, where I was telling you guys, like the Lord always gives me like this verse or a word and 
I'm trying to think. So we're 2020, 2018. I was praying and I was actually like thinking about it was the end of 2017 going into um, 2018. And so I was like, Lord, you know, what is it that you have for me in 2018? All these kinds of things. And I was actually like in the bathroom and sitting in the bathroom. <laughs> we won't go into all those details. Sitting in the bathroom and was looking at the sink in my home in front of me. And it has like this wood grain out outlining. I don't know what it is, you know, looking at it and saw these different grains of woods and colors, shapes of woods. And it looked like a horse as oddly as that sounds. Even if you were to probably ask somebody to come look at this particular piece of furniture in the bathroom, they would not see the horse at all or look at it, but I saw it clearly. And I'm like, what a horse Lord? Like how is horse my word for 2018? And the Lord was like, no, it's not horse. He was like, the word is gallop. And I was like, whoa, like that's an odd word. Like, you know, we hear these other good Christian sounding words and the Lord was like gallop. And so I did not know until I studied it out that when a horse gallops that he makes different strides. And sometimes as the horse is running, it won't even be a full gallop. Sometimes there's different techniques the horse uses to slow down or go faster or even based on his stride, it um, won't have all four of his legs and hooves on the ground to run at a particular pace or speed in which he needs to run. But when a horse is at his best and making the best strides, it is getting there faster and further because all four of his hooves are in sync, galloping at a particular motion to propel him basically towards whatever that he's going after. And so the Lord told me that, like for me personally, 2018, Hope, I want 2018 to be a gallop year for you. Now, I can tell you that I did make some progression, but I can also tell you that I did not gallop in 2018 the way that the Lord probably saw me and wanted me to gallop. He saw me definitely in the way that he wanted me to gallop, but I didn't take ownership, I'll say that, of how I should have galloped in 2018. And so uh, 2019 came and the Lord's like, hope the word is still gallop. And I was like, dang it. Like, <laughs> why can't you give me a different word? And he was like, well, you didn't really accomplish what I needed you to accomplish in 2018. There were a lot of setbacks, a lot of things you, you know, should have rearranged or done better or not done and all these things. And so he was like, we're going after this word again. And I was like, oh, you know, a little bit of frustration, but okay, God, you know what to do. So, okay, Gallup. But this time he was like, Hope, I want you to add a few other words to the word Gallup. And so as I'm looking back, even talking this out right now to you and all the listeners, wherever you're listening from, I see in my own progression of life how I doubted that word that God gave me in 2018 so much that he had to give it to me again in 2019 and in 2020. Um, and so I want to make mention of this because in 2019, um, the Lord was like, okay, it's still Gallup. And so then 2020 comes and he's like, I want you to Gallup um, onward and forward 
and toward. And so that was my word for 2020. He attached those other words to it. Gallop onward, gallop toward, and gallop forward. And so I was like, wow. Okay, so here we are in all these years. It's been the same word. There's just been a few tweaks to it. And then you don't always understand it. Why? Like once I look up the word gallop and what it means and the direction is supposed to go, I see looking back in the midst of this year, 2020, especially during a pandemic where for me personally, like many of you, this year did not go as planned, like at all. For all my plans, and I'm a planner, I'm an organizer, nothing really happened the way that I envisioned it and wanted it to happen for 2020 because of a pandemic. And so looking back how the Lord's like, I see now why God was like, I want you to gallop onward toward and forward, because if you don't, you're going to have doubts. If you don't, you're going to have questions and concerns, even though there was a time in your life where you once believed, even though there was a time in your life where maybe your faith was stronger than what it was right now. Because to gallop not only means to continue to make progression, but it means you keep going, you keep moving towards, you keep moving forwards and not looking back. You keep pressing onward to what God has for you and wants for you, regardless of what the year or the months or the days or the seasons or the hardships or the tests and the trials has looked like. You make up in your mind that I'm going to do what God said that he wants me to do. And so, yeah, I think it's fair to say that God has rocked everyone's world in 2020 with different things that have come up, but he wants us to remain with this spirit of faith, right? He wants us to remain in this season that we still know he's a good God, that we're still believing he's turning things around, that that we still know that he is a loving, forgiving, helpful father, that he sees the best in us when we don't see it in ourselves or whatever it may be, because there are seasons where if we're not careful, our faith will weaken and we will begin to question and doubt. And then we're like, God, I don't know if I can truly trust you and give you whatever that you're asking me to give when I've gone through this or faced this or done this or seen this heart hardship or experienced this hurt or loss or whatever it may be. And we find ourselves in a place like Thomas where we're like, I used to believe, but now God, I, I mean, you're going to have to resurrect me. You're going to have to resurrect this whole thing in my life, what you're asking me to do, because my faith has weakened. I have maybe forsaken the things that you've asked me to, you know, continue to move towards and onward and forward and all these things. And so we're like, God, unless you show me, you're physically going to have to give me a sign and show me that this is your will. This is your plan. This is what you want me to do. All these things. And then God, I'll trust you. Then God, I'll truly believe on your promises. I'll truly believe who you say and how you see me and all these things. I'll truly then give you everything that I have and do what you're asking me to do. But I'm going to have to see it first. I'm going to have to see you turn this around first. And you know what? This is my opinion, but that is the wrong way to think. 
in moving towards the new year for me, 2021, and the Lord was like, Hope, we're not done with your word yet. Like, we're still galloping here. <laughs> and he was like, you know, you galloped, but you didn't gallop the way I wanted you to. You galloped, but you didn't fully go all the way. You didn't gallop onward the way I wanted you to gallop onward and toward and forward. And so I was like, dang, like what in the world? And so when I asked God about this, he was like, for 2021, for me, he was like, your word is still gallop, but this time another word's coming before gallop. Your word is surrenderly, surrenderly gallop. And I was like, ah, okay, God, like, you know, I love you. And he's like, hope, I know you love me. God, you know, I trust you. Hope, I know there's been times where you have trusted me. God, I know that you have a plan, even though I don't always understand the plan. Hope, you know that my plan is better. And so all these things, these doubts, and the Lord has really dealt with me on this where he's like, I want you to live more than ever than any year, especially for me in the last few years. I want you to live a more surrendered life that when I live a life that is surrendered to God, my faith doesn't weaken or become little. But if I'm truly surrendering my life to God, I'm telling God that my life is not my own, but it is His, and that I will continue to trust Him. I will continue to believe that He is good. I will continue to put every single ounce of my faith and make it strong as I'm spending time with Him, as I'm surrendering, as I'm fully trusting Him that I don't want to find myself in a situation where I'm like, well, I have to see it to believe it. Well, I have to see you do this or do that. And if this doesn't line up at this time in this season or whatever, then I'll fully surrender. Then I'll fully gallop. Then I'll fully trust you, God. Then I won't doubt you anymore. And and, and I think for all of us, God is asking us to do this, like not just in a pandemic, but for 2021 and 2022 and 2023 and the rest of our lives, the next five years, the next 10 years. Is it going to be comfortable? Heck to the no. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. Is there going to be things that come up that we're like, what is happening? Why is this happening? A hundred percent. But if I'm surrendering, galloping towards what God has for me and those that are tied to what God has for me, then I'm going to have to fully trust God and keep my faith strong in the Lord so that I don't doubt. And I really believe the Lord was saying this, that when he was like, 100%, you're going to have to do this. It wasn't like, okay, January, you're surrendering. You know, March, you're surrendering. It, it is like a daily surrender, y'all. It is like a daily commitment where nothing else matters. Like I'm not just, and I'm just saying this for everybody that's listening. I'm not just posting a scripture. I'm not just posting a good quote. I'm not just posting a feel good podcast in the moment. And now I'm ready to do this thing. Like it is a daily commitment to surrender to someone, to something 
every single day and to give your very best 100% and then allow God to come into my life and your life and make whatever changes and adjustments and corrections and whatever he wants to do to shape us into these men and these women that he has for us because it's tied to every single thing that we're running towards. And so I've made up my mind that going into this new year, that giving Jesus my all every day in every area of my life that he wants to work, that if I'm doubting in any area of my life, I cannot gallop and I sure can't surrender my life truly because truly surrendering a life to God is going to require some things that we don't want to do. It's going to require of even letting go of some things that we don't really want to let go or people we don't really want to let go or whatever that may be. And so as you're listening today, wherever you're listening from, I pray that if you've had any questions or fears or worries or doubts or concerns, or maybe you're even new to Christianity and you're like, Hope, I want to trust God. I want to believe that there is a God. I want to give God my life. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a while in your life, but I have not seen the goodness of God. I once believed, but then this happened and that happened. And now I'm unsure or now I'm uncertain and I don't know what to do. Friend, can I just say like surrender? Surrender every part of yourself to God. Allow God to do a work in you that will cause this brokenness of his faithfulness and mercy and forgiveness and love to pour over you in these next few days, in these next few weeks where you're like, God, I I don't want to have little faith anymore. I, I don't know what to do. But you're just like, God, I need you. I need you to show me who you're calling me to be. I need you to show me what my next steps are. I need you to show me like, God, as I truly surrenderly gallop towards what you have for my life and I continue to push onward and forward in the direction that you have for me, God, running at your pace, at your time, at your speed, trusting you with every single fiber of my being, even though I will have these insecurities or doubts or thoughts that come up. God, I truly want you to move and work in my life. I truly believe that you have the best interest for my life. And so God, I surrender. I surrender, God. I surrender, God. Every part of my life, every part of my life, to your perfect plan and your perfect purpose that you have for a new beginning. Friend, I hope this podcast is blessing you. I am so thankful. (laughs) I'm so thankful, y'all, that... God gives us tools and resources to broaden our reach and expand our networks however he wants, even through a podcast where I physically can't see 
our listeners every day or be in touch with them every single day. But a podcast can do just that. And it's going all around the world. The Straight Talk with Hope podcast. It has been a phenomenal year for 2020 for the podcast. Um, where we have had some amazing guests and entrepreneurs and authors and musicians on the podcast and people in ministry and not in ministry. And I am so deeply moved and so deeply grateful for the wisdom um, and the opportunities of the face-to-face or over-the-phone conversations and interviews that I've had with some of these guests throughout the year. And so I'm so excited for 2021 and what the Lord wants to do with the podcast and where he wants to take it and get it into the right hands of the right people, wherever they're listening from in the U.S. or in many other countries now. Um, We've got some new things coming up for 2021 and already landed a guest for January in 2021 when this guest actually emailed me and reached out to me who I'd never met before, but had, I guess, had been following um, through social media and tuned in, came across my podcast um, within their state. And so I'm so excited about the guests we have coming for 2021 what God is going to do and speak, where he's taking it. Thank you for being an active listener. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast, inviting me and our guests into your homes or your vehicles or your workspaces, uh, wherever you are. And thank you again for also sharing the podcast on your social media platforms. You guys,